today. Sorry there was no podcast last Friday. For me, there was. This is what happens during the summertime. Summer vacations, people are away, people are off. Um, but this podcast, not this part, the guest part, was recorded last week. And I had been waiting. I know that I made two official requests to this person um, to talk to them. I initially met her. Um, it was during a Black Lives Matter or an equality rally, definitely in the wake of the George Floyd stuff, like last June, June of 2020, uh, there was a rally at Ottawa Hills. I saw this girl with uh, an NBC 24 camera and I said, that's Sophia. And I had fallen in love with Sophia's work. Um, I had followed her on Twitter, saw that she was new. I think she, I forget when she got here, the, the, like the tail end or so of 19. I followed her stuff. I watched her stuff and I'm like, wow, she's really good. Like incredible. I introduced myself. We got a little chatty and friendly and I wanted her on the podcast. She said her boss, well, she couldn't be on it. Um, I asked again as, you know, she got a little bit more comfortable at the gig. They said no, but I can, she was finally able to say, yes, we recorded it last Friday. It can officially air today. What's today? The the 6th? Actually, right now is the 4th. It can play on the 6th. It'll be your Friday podcast, which is what it is for you right now. I'm in this weird time vortex. My multiverse of madness is happening right now, but it was a pleasure and a delight to talk to Sophia about why she does what she does. She is an incredible uh, TV news person, TV journalist, reporter, and I wish her and I could have had more of these conversations over coffee um, in her time here, but our schedules just didn't sync up. And that's why like, I, I talk about all these news people, and I consider some of them like really good friends, but we can never connect because um, our schedule, they, they have very difficult schedules. Like Sophia works like 2 to 10, and then the morning people, they're up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and then they're done at like 11 o'clock in the morning. So um, that's why the majority of the relationships that I have with these people, the good ones, uh, I curate them. And keep them going through social media and maybe a text message or a DM every now and then. But it was great to talk to Sophia. I love talking about our business. They are challenging times while you sit there and go, wow, that person just literally made some effects and did some fun things on TikTok and now they're a millionaire. Yeah, but you know what? As I'm learning now and seeing, I'm looking at pages of random people on TikTok. Remember, you're, it's like the Bill Gates thing, or who's that with Steve Jobs? Like these guys started their their trillion dollar businesses. We hear all the story all the time. Oh, they started in their garage, and before you know it, you know they just worked hard. They got a couple of breaks, dropped out of school, and bam, Apple. Well, they don't tell you the stories of the people who did all the same things that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs did, and and d- didn't wind up with that, and might be financially broken and their lives are irreparable. Uh, the damage in their life is, is is irreparable because we only hear the good stories. We don't hear for every one Bill Gates, there is probably a hundred thousand people who have tried doing the same thing, dropping out of school, working their asses off in their garage, maybe even got a break or two and couldn't, couldn't dunk at home. 
Um, and I'm finding out that that's a lot of people on TikTok. Like, we're only seeing the Bill Gateses and the Steve Jobses of people on TikTok. And I'm guessing the other 99.2% is you and me, and I'm trying to do some things. Um, and because TikTok and other new media, what Sophia and I do, and, and others like it uh, in legacy media, it's very challenging. So I'm sorry if this gets a little too shop talk for you. We're two inside baseball, but she is a star. I look forward to all the success, following her success as she goes off to Vegas. And uh, she's not leaving without throwing something in the Cheerios when it comes to controversial food takes. My friend, Sophia from NBC24. I'm nervous. Why? I don't know. This stuff makes me nervous. <laughs> I am recording. Um, okay. You listen to the podcast, so you know how this works. But um, Yes. Why are you nervous? You're, I'm guessing you're going to a different company, right? Yes. And that's why you're allowed to be on the podcast, because if you were staying with Sinclair, you wouldn't be able to be on the podcast, right? Well, so you're recording, right? But can you cut some of this? I'd rather not, <laughs> but I will. I will. I will. Look, you're incredibly professional. You know your shit so well. But you know that stuff can come back to bite you. Like, I am waiting for the day somebody pulls up one of my tweets from 2015 and they're like, this person is a scathing racist. Get him off the radio. I know, but yeah, I if we could air this August 5th, though, that would be great. Then that's, I'm free and clear. That's fine. Are you, are you going? You're leaving Sinclair, right? Yes, but I'm not leaving Sinclair for any reasons. It's just because this is who I happen to get a job with. And um, if I would have stayed in Sinclair, fine. It would have maybe been easier because everything would have transferred over. But um, just it just happened to be this new company is where I got the job. And that's that. Who is, who is the company? Um, it's Meredith. So um, I think I, they used to own 13. I don't know too much. I think they're getting bought by Gray. I don't know ah. the details, but um, I'm going in as a Meredith employee. Interesting. Yeah, I think they used to own 13 at some point in my time here. And TV stuff is just like radio stuff. Although all the radio buying has mostly already happened. And now it's kind of interesting and also problematic for people that are in TV. Like I've been through all the mergers. I remember when I first got started. And so this is 1999. You were probably like negative two years old. I was now, literally two. <laughs> it was 98. I think in the first year of me working for the radio station, I began working at back home in Philadelphia. I got, I got paychecks from three different entities. Oh, wow. It was, uh, it was just after, and you maybe you learned about this in, in broadcast school or whatever, journalism school, but in 1997 or 96, the Telecommunications Act, are you familiar with that? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I learned about this in school, okay. but, you know, so things that, get lost. <laughs> that uh, was a lot of deregulation, and that allowed all these media companies to buy more things, and a lot of them went wild, and that's why I had three different ownership paychecks in like a year. And that's why um, a lot of the radio companies, they they bought and bought and bought. And then they realized, oh, this isn't worth all that. And most of it's over with, but I'm seeing a lot of it with TV now. So I hope yeah. Gray is a good company. Everybody that I know at 13 seems to be happy. And, and the first words out of their mouth are not, God, I hate my, my employer. So good luck. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, I've been talking to um, Rachel Schneider, who used to work at 13, because um, she's still within a gray company. So she's given me a lot of insight, which helps. And yeah, I haven't heard any bad things. So I'm hoping for the best, but I'm going in as a Meredith employee. So we'll see once the sale finalizes how it goes. And uh, I, I really don't know what to expect. Are you going to have the same? So what is the station that you're going to in Vegas? It's Fox 5. Okay. Um, how excited to live in Vegas are you? Like, I know you wanted to get back. You're, you've got roots in California, right? Yes. Yeah, so I was born and raised in California. So my entire family is still there. So I'll just be a four-hour drive, 45-minute flight from home, which was the major pull for Vegas. That's why I wanted to end up there. So I am so excited. I love summer year round even if it's 115 degrees i will take it i do not do snow so this is it could not be more perfect i'll mail you some i'll i'll send some to the uh not that it, it wouldn't melt but i'll i'll send this white powdery stuff to the station and be like <laughs> no there's someone sent somebody sent sophia a drug I'm like no it's just not melted snow i wanted to see if she missed it I, i'm like you um i i always say i live at the wrong latitude and um, I'm kind of envious of you. But will you be able to manage like the Vegas part of it? Because like it's one thing to go to a place where it's always hot, but it, it's Vegas. Right. And I'm not a party person by any means. I did all of that in college. I like to be in bed by nine. So luckily I won't be living directly in Vegas. I was there a month ago to look for an apartment and my parents drove me down the strip. And I said, I will be okay if I never have to come back here. Obviously, I will have to be on the strip a lot, but I think I can manage that. I just need a pool to lay out by and then be in bed by nine. So I think I can manage the Vegas part by avoiding it. You're, you're an old soul. That's why we connect. And I wish we would have done yeah. more of that in our in our in your time here. But like I know. ships, like it's that way with everybody. All my media friends, like they work then, I work here. So, yeah. um, did they give you any idea? Like, um, hey, you're not gonna have to come to the strip a lot because like that's the that's tourist Vegas. There is Vegas news that we focus on that we try to pass along to the community. What's their strategy to divvy up like tourist Vegas from? This is actually a town one place where people live and go shop at Target. Uh, you know, I don't know too much. I feel like I've been really focused on my last few months in Toledo, um, which I guess are now over. Um, but from what it seems is there is a lot going on that is not tourist related. I recently saw that Resorts World opened up in Vegas, which is like a huge, I think it's three hotels connected in one building with like 40 restaurants inside. So it seems like whenever there is something major happening on the strip, that's when they'll send people out. Of course, if there's something like crime related, they're going to go to it. But from the most part, from what I've watched on Fox 5, from what I've been following, they do a really good job of separating, you know, the tourist aspect, kind of only doing that if it's necessary to follow something and connect it to the local community. But from the for the most part, it's they do a really good job of reminding viewers like this is home to some people it's not touristy vacationy to the people who live there and it seems like they do a really good job of that from what i see and i'm sure they're really great at managing that um but again just from what i've seen so far it looks like they're only doing touristy stories if they can connect it to the local community as well which is great and i'd sure. imagine that's hard to do for 
or I'm sure once everyone starts, it's kind of hard to do that as you're learning the community. And I'm sure that'll be tough for me to kind of at first differentiate, will the people living in Vegas care about this? Or is this something that as an outsider, I would care about, but I'm sure as I get more immersed and really know where everything is, it will, it will become easier. When, when was your first day here? Like on the air, do you remember the, or the month? It, so my first day here was August 5th, 2019. And then I want to say I went on air for the first time, August 11th. What, when did you realize that like you kind of figured your way out around here? And I know that I, I know like this was not never intended to be a, a long-term place for you, right. but when, when were you, when did you feel like you could give somebody directions or you knew where things were? I would say maybe about six months in, um, maybe like the start of 2020, which, you know, everyone knows what happened in 2020. And I feel like I got kind of disconnected from Toledo as soon as I got connected to Toledo. Right. Um, but the first six months were really hard just because I felt like I didn't have anyone here. Luckily, my wonderful coworker, Bree, became my great friend so fast and was able to show me around. But um, the first six months were hard just being alone. And when you're alone, you don't really have any motivation to go out into the community and immerse yourself. But after those six months, I was like, okay, you know what? This is my life for the next couple of years. I need to accept it and just make the best of it. So that's when I really started getting out into the community and really trying to find my way around. And I think it worked, but it did take six months. I thought it would take longer, but I'm happy it didn't. That is good about what we do because I've learned from moving a lot of different places that you do learn where you live and you don't stay in the pockets of your part of the metro doing what we do because we have to go all over the place. Right. So you learn it faster than the than the average person. Um, what? How did you wind up here? Like I know you said like this is your first job out of school, which to this day I'm still stunned by because oh, you are way you. too talent. No, oh. a lot of people have talent, but like you're super polished. Like if I had oh my gosh. people who knew a little bit of media and I was like, watch this girl. How long do you think she's been doing this? They would say, I, I, I don't know, but she's not new or anything. Like oh. you're that polished. So thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, how how did you wind up here? What was the the timeline from graduating and where did you go to school to getting to Toledo? Yeah, so um, I went to school Pace University in New York City, um, and as soon as I graduated in 2019, I I mean, like anyone else graduating, I was like, I need to find a job immediately. Because at that time, you don't realize you really have the rest of your life and there's so much ahead of you. But I feel like fresh graduates are feel like life is starting right now and I need to work immediately. So I applied to, I want to say, like 100 reporting jobs all across the country. And just whoever called me back, I would do an interview, feel it out. If I liked it, we'll go on to the next step. And, um, you know, I applied to markets like 50 to 200 so obviously applying to top 50 markets was just ridiculous but you know i was just trying to get as many applications out as possible and toledo at the time i want to say was market 78 it was one of those markets i just i didn't think i had a chance but i applied anyways and my news director called me back they flew me out for an interview again this was pre-covid so it's okay <laughs> um and they offered me the job and I, it was the highest market that even called me back. So I accepted and now I'm here. And I, it was truly the best move I could have made out of college. And 
although it's not somewhere I'm staying forever, I could not have imagined myself anywhere else. Um, did market size matter to you? It did when I was applying. I think my mindset has changed now. I think it's more so I want to be close to friends and family. And if that's market 100, but I have my loved ones there, that's fine. Um, so initially, yes. Now it's just more so get me close to the people I want to be around. Sure. And no snow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, when I first started, I was fortunate. I, my first two media jobs were in Philadelphia and Detroit. Um, wow. And I, I was very fortunate. I, I knew the right people. But even as I was going through my career, like I, there was never any call to Chicago or New York or, or L.A., um, I enjoyed starting in Philadelphia because it was home and, and Detroit became home and I, I made a lot of friends and in some way all those friends are still there but this has really become home to me and as um, radio changed and as most things consolidated I would see people who wanted to be syndicated and be on in a lot of markets and I'm like why like you'll never see these people like you don't matter to them right um, and it's That's great. Why- I love I love local news because I maybe I won't be saying this in 10 years, but I don't think I'd ever want to do news on a national spectrum because I love local news. I love feeling connected to the community. I love doing stories about the people I live close to. I just feel like it's so personal. And even as I'm like, you know, leaving Toledo, it's almost like this is home. This has become home. And I have friends here now and people who I love so much and Part of me is like, maybe I will come back here. But then I think about the winters. Right. Um, but, you know, I it's it really is such a great community. Well, maybe in 50 years when Toledo is beachfront property because the earth is just <laughs> on fire, or you can come back. How did right? you... So you, you're very, very family-oriented. Yes. What, what, what... How were you able to go from California to New York? Like, you couldn't have gone any farther with distance in between in the country. Um, So how did you just make that trip across knowing that you might miss your family? Well, so my older brother was living in New York at the time. He went to NYU and he's a year and a half older than me. So he was there. But, you know, when you're 18, your mindset is not so much family oriented. It's I want to get as far away from my parents as possible. And obviously after four years, I and well, now six years, it's been two years since I graduated. That has changed. I'm just, I would love to be closer to my parents, my cousins, my grandparents. Um, but yeah, initially, yeah, I, I didn't care about being far away from them. As long as I had my brother in New York, I was, I was fine. Um, isn't it funny how you find that out? Because I yeah. wanted to go away to college and I did. And I was like, this ain't all it's cracked up to be. And I was home <laughs> in, in one semester. Um, so yeah, I, I know we all want to get out of our house, but guess what? It's a pain in the ass when you got to wash clothes in the middle of the week and you are out of detergent. Something mom never never uh, had an issue with. Right, and all so many people moved back home during the pandemic, which I totally understand. Like hard times, and part of me was like, "Can I do that?" Obviously, with my job, I can't. But some of my friends who moved back home were like, "Oh." after having freedom of living alone, I have to deal with my mom. And I'm like, give, give me that. Let me live right. that life. <laughs> Without making me have to edit a lot of things here. And like I said, you're already, you're very polished and mature and, ex- and experienced beyond your years. So this will be easy for you. But give me your impression of what's happening 
um, all over the media from radio, TV, consolidation, new media, and how it affects legacy media? Oh boy. Um, yes. So with consolidations, I feel like I have not experienced that enough to speak to that. Obviously, this will be my first merger with Meredith and Gray. So I feel like I can't speak too much on that. But I've always been the type of person where I feel like upper corporate management, they have their things. I know there's rules, but I, at the local level, I try to never let that affect me. Um, and I, I feel like it never really has here. Um, we haven't had anyone from corporate really come down on our stories. We have always had the freedom to be pretty local. But um, as for media, I do, it, it's just quite a time to be in the news industry. Um, part of me is just even already thinking long-term, like, can I handle this long-term? I just wish there was, I don't want to get myself in trouble with, people, Eric. Okay, but, that's fine. But, but, but I mean more so like viewers, because what I would like to say is I wish there was more trust in even just local news, because, you know, we're, we are airing things. We're not just airing things that we come up with on our own. We're talking to experts, um, people in different industries, and they're telling us things and we're sharing that with the public, of course. And I almost feel like since when do we not trust doctors and scientists and all that stuff so that part of this industry i think is really starting to get to me where yeah. it feels like there's no trust in our industry but me growing up watching local news why would i have why wouldn't i trust what the anchor is telling me and i still to this day why wouldn't i trust what you know news anchors and reporters are telling me it's all coming from reliable sources so it just makes me sad to see that part of the industry and that there's a lot of distrust and there's a lot of people who try to break away and go to alternative media, I guess would be the word. Yeah. And if it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they get a more selfish perspective, which is likely more inaccurate. Right. Um, and it, it's funny, like people think that media being biased certain directions, like, Fox News, which is a misnomer, and CNN is much the same. How right. they each have their sides. It's funny. I uh, there's a podcast I listen to once every couple. Oh, it's not a podcast. It's a Yale course um, on the Civil War, and I listen to it once every couple of years because the professor is just. It helps me fall asleep. It's relaxing. As a professor, like I see why he's at Yale. Like he is a performer. He's a storyteller that is absolutely enchanting. And I pick up new things whenever I listen to this full course. It's 27 lectures. And just the other day, something that stuck out to me was he uh, he talked about a, a a publication, a news publication, a news source. You know, talking in the 19th century and how it was a democratic uh, publication, which back then the parties were reversed. So right. there have always been biases. As I like to tell people, the world isn't worse than it's ever been. In fact, it's actually pretty good, comparatively speaking, you know, the, the way things have been over the previous centuries. There's right. just more people in more places, many of whom aren't qualified to do so, telling you things. Um, yeah, and that's, you know, going back to what you said about maybe those 24-hour news channels, CNN and Fox, I have nothing to gain by saying information that leans more one side to the other. You know, I'm just a person just like everyone else in the community who 
is just sharing what experts in different industries are telling me so I can relay that to the public, you know? So it's, it's just like, we're not out to, to get anyone or sway anyone's minds. We are just relaying the information and maybe telling a story, a factual story. And it's just, it, it's sad to see, you know, it tears friendships and families apart, even from what I've seen on Facebook. And it's just, since when, when did this all start? How did this happen? How did we even get here? Four years ago, five okay, years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and especially at the local level, because there are no politics yeah. in, I mean, every, everything is politics. If you're, And that's kind of the morass of nonsense we're in right now. But there is no politics in, my street needs to get paved. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. Is I, as a, Again, as a local reporter, I'm not trying to push one side over the other. I'm just trying to help my neighbor get answers to something. You know, there, there's no alternative meeting behind it. Let me uh, go another direction with where uh, TV news stands right now. I, I have not watched, like regardless of my schedule, I have not watched a TV newscast in, in a long time. Sometimes I'll oh. flip on my, I know, I know. And, <laughs> Um, but this will give you an opportunity to tell me why. And I wasn't much of a news person when I was growing up. And quite frankly, I actually like to read more than I do watch things. But you and I obviously have formed a pretty good rapport. And you would never know that I don't watch any newscasts with how right. much I have, a, how much knowledge I have about the air. I think you've commented before that you listen to the radio show and the podcast to find mm-hmm. out stuff that's going on. So I know what's yeah. going in that, on and I couldn't do that without you and the Rachels of the world and everybody else at the, the, at the local stations. Um, I'm wondering how much effort do they strategize with TV news to from the newscast as opposed to where I get all my news from, which is on .com. And, you know, I'm so thankful that you all share your stories and the video of the stories on Twitter because that's how I consume all the great work that all of you guys do. Yeah, I think there's definitely that, that it's everything's moving to digital. I mean, if I wasn't so passionate about TV news, then maybe I'd be doing something else. I mean, it's no secret that more people are turning off their TVs. I mean, everyone has a phone. Why does anyone need a TV anymore? Yeah. And I, and it, part of me, like that makes me sad because again, this is my, literally my job, but I think every news company is just finding ways to go digital. Even now I know, um, kind of when I first started at my station, they were starting to say, okay, anytime you arrive somewhere, jump on Facebook live and tell people what's going on. When you're leaving, tell people what story you just covered. Good. And there's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's great. I'm very traditional in the media sense where I'm like, everyone just watch TV. Like how nice is it to eat dinner as a family and then go watch <laughs> the seven o'clock news? Because that's what I did growing up. Um, so I think every news company is doing a great job of pushing more to digital. By the time it's six o'clock and the news airs, everyone knows what's going on. You just hope that someone's watching it on TV. I wonder how that will change in the coming years because there are less and less viewers. Not that they don't want to watch. They just might not have the time. And like you said, um, I might have already found out that story or watched your story of the day at three o'clock or however it might have come out or I got the gist of what I needed to know about it. You you talk about like, why would you need a TV newscast? Yeah. And I think they will be around forever in the same way that radio will be. But 
I have been beating the drum for years now, since like 17, 18, when Spotify really exploded. Um, I don't know why people turn on music radio stations. Like, if you're under 30 and turning on a music radio station, that is like a hell of an air personality that you enjoy listening to, and that's what I strive to be. Or you like winning contests, because other than that, <laughs> if, if you have a favorite song, you no longer have to wait for your radio station um, your favorite radio station to play. You you can just listen to it on your phone anytime you want for $9 a month. Yeah, I love radio. I feel like it's so fun to drive to work in the morning and just hear people like laughing and like, I mean, because I'm listening to like obviously very lighthearted radio shows in the morning. And that's, I, I wish more people even listen to radio more, not just TV. I just wish people would kind of and they're not going to people love it i love apple music but that's not what i'm listening to on my way to work i like hearing what the local radio djs are talking about and i just wish more people would do that with tv i feel like with my digital my online presence whenever i'm teasing a story i like to let people know what's going on obviously you have to because you know that's just the way news is moving it's moving more digital but i try to almost, you know, leave them with a cliffhanger, you know, something you can only find out if you watch our newscast at six. And I feel like that's just like my personal agenda to get more people to turn on the TV. It's probably not working, but no, it's I'm the, just trying. It's the it's the right way to go about things. So I, I know, I remember like I got in on Twitter really early, um, like 2008, nine, and... I saw being on the air uh, as, as Twitter became more, more powerful and you were doing things i had to i had to do my teases on the radio differently for instance i'll use a story from today um like i couldn't go on the radio anymore and go um let me tell you about the the parking demolition the parking garage demolition that's happening at ut cuz if i my tease is so good you can just google the story and then you leave me so instead uh. I've got to go, um, 1,700 of these are leaving the area as of like 11 o'clock this morning. So at least there's something there. Like it's, it's, um, ambiguous enough where I'm hoping you stay with me. But if I tell you something like, Hey, the, let me tell you about the UT parking garage in two songs. You're just going to go look it up if you're that interested right. and they leave me. Yeah. So we we have to be very strategic and intentional with uh, how we do things because if not, we won't keep our viewers and listeners yeah. with these legacy media. What's your uh, what's your backup plan? <laughs> you know, I don't have one yet. Um, I know a lot of people in the news industry leave for like PR jobs. Obviously, if I ever do leave this industry, which could happen, you know, working holidays and weekends isn't very, you know, I guess conducive to having a family life, which was something I never thought I wanted before. But now as I'm 24 and getting older, um, it's obviously come on my mind. And so maybe like a PR communications job, but I just, I'm not someone that could sit in an office nine to five. I totally respect people that can because I, the best part of my job is that I'm doing something different every single day. I can't sit still. I need something new every day. Um, so I, I would think something in PR would be my backup plan, but I those think are I have the, time. Those are the go-tos for people like us because we've yeah. made so many connections over the years. Just like how yeah. we can learn an area real quick. We're always meeting people um, in, in what we do. And those jobs just kind of open up to us because we have very large networks. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, 
I have worked closely with a lot of PR people, obviously with setting up stories that I see what they do. And I'm like, okay, I can do that too. And I'm learning a lot from them as they're sending me press releases and stuff. And I think like the communications team at ProMedica is, they are such a great team, so great with connecting people with interviews. And if I think I can do that one day, like as a re- someone who is currently a reporter, I know what it takes to create a story. I'll know what reporters want. So I think that yeah. also gives us a leg up. Um, what is, take me, because I love asking other people about their jobs, like even someone who's in, we're in the same industry. Right. Um, to me, the little things are fascinating. So tell me about your day. Like you wake up, what happens? <laughs> well, I wake up. I eat oatmeal and an avocado. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. I actually eat that. But so I go into work. Um, I usually try to have stories set up for that day just because that obviously saves time. I Some days I do go in without any story ideas and I just see what's happening. If there's anything happening at the national level that I can localize, then that's awesome. Um, and so then I just start making calls. Whoever will do an interview, I feel like that's almost the hardest part you know, I feel like news reporters are also salespeople because we do have to sell people on agreeing to interviews. People hate being on camera. Let me, hold, hate, hold, let me interrupt. Yeah. No matter what you do, we're all selling something. Yeah, that's, I like that. That's true. You're not wrong. Um, so then I hopefully set up an interview. Um, I go out by myself. I shoot the interview, obviously get any video I can get, come back to the station. I write my story and then I put it all together and then I'm going live at six o'clock. So so every day it feels like I don't have enough hours in the day. Right. Um, But I, but I like that pressure a lot. I feel like I have to put out my best work every single day because I don't have enough time to think too much about it. So it's just, it's a lot of pressure and I love it. What, what's the biggest, it sounds like getting people to call you back is the biggest challenge on the job. Is there another bane or an albatross that um, you wish you had another hour or two that you could work to to do more? Um, I feel like if I had more time in the and this is actually my fault because I should have always I should always have stories set up the day before or at least an idea of what I'll be doing the next day. But I feel like coming in and trying to come up with story ideas on slow days is usually hard, and that sounds awful because it's my job to literally do that. Sure. But I just I wish I had more time for that because by the time it's 12 o'clock, one o'clock, I'm like, okay, I need a story as soon as possible because editing and writing takes, well, writing doesn't take too much time, but editing, you know, you never know when your computer is going to crash. <laughs> That's, it happens to me at least once a week. And I, I have to like leave room for error for everything. I'll, uh, I can do this because I could practically be your dad. Um, <laughs> Even on a day when you don't have a story and you're kind of like bullshitting your way through something, like you just put out the fluffiest story this side of like a cat parade. Shockingly, no. So maybe <laughs> when I first started, yes. But with the pandemic, I feel like there's always something to talk about, which, yeah. listen, I want this thing to be over as soon as possible, but there is always something new to learn about it. I mean, doctors and epidemiologists are learning something new about COVID every single day. So if there's anything I could share just to make the public more aware than I will. So I feel like COVID stories as of recent are always something you can follow and remind people, Hey, this is still going on and it's not going to change unless we get vaccinated. Well, I was going to tell you, even if, if you think it's a fluff story, 
the viewer, unless you're doing lots of these and you're not, um, uh, they don't know the difference. They're just happy yeah. that, that, you know, it sounds like it's something interesting to them. Like I've said on the air, on the podcast, like today's show sucks. Like there's not a lot, but unless you tell people, or even if you did tell them, they'll be like, no, the show was fine. We couldn't tell. So as much as we have some diehard listeners and viewers, they don't know when we're off or it's not a content. And I'm happy you said that. And I'm definitely going to carry that with me to my next station because there are so many days where I'm, I talk to both my parents every single day as I'm driving home from work. And there are, there are those days where I'm telling them like, I don't even want to talk about what my story was today because I'm disappointed in myself that it wasn't that hard hitting story. And you're right. People don't know if you don't say anything. So I'm going to carry that with me to my next station. Because some days there's just not going to be content. And um, like, I'm so glad what you said, like taking a national story and localizing it. I send out um, my day is I wake up, the dogs go pee. I, I leave and go get coffee, and then I start opening up all my news sources um, and start sending myself uh, emails. And I, I'm kind of processing it as well, and I make myself some notes, um, do my errands, get to the gym, stuff like that. And around lunchtime, I'm usually at work, and I send those emails out. I send out a daily email to the staff of just local information. I'm I'm an, I'm an aggregator of all local stories, and half of them are like... Our, our po- political stuff, or it's involved with city council people. But I always encourage, and I don't know if this is happening, but I try to do it. Like, when I found out that, um, God, what's his name? Michael Knight was running for city council. Do you know who that, who that is? Wait, is that the owner of Home Slice Pizza? Yes! <laughs> so. I had Home Slice yesterday. It's great. <laughs> it's overrated, but whatever. Ooh, I liked it. Um. <laughs> The sell of the sell job of it's it's authentic East Coast. I will as someone who lived in New York, you should know that's absolutely oh, okay, not yes. true. I I have seen his commercials where he says they try to do New York style pizza. Again, I do love the pizza. Do I think it's New York style? No, but the spinach artichoke pizza is bomb. There you go. Um, so like I'm obviously not on this, on, on, on anything, on any of my platforms, except for the podcast, going to talk about Michael Knight throws his hat into the race for city council. My spin is as you try to, as you localize a national story, I try to pop cultureize something. It's like, Hey, a guy that probably served you beer at home slice is going to try to get into politics or a guy whose pizza you love might be on city council to make it more palatable for um, our local audience, because that's how we have, not every story is going to be like you mentioned, pressing, investigative, COVID centric. Like it's great when, when those stories or days of news or content fall into our lap. And it's usually like two days a week. Yeah. But, um, other times we gotta we gotta make it more palatable for our audience. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. And um, maybe we could talk about this another time. But I'm very interested in learning about radio because that is something. Again, like I said, I listen to morning radio shows all the time, and they seem so fun. And maybe that's an industry I'll want to. You know, I guess I'm already in the industry, but maybe that's an aspect of the industry I'll want to explore one day. I'll tell you this: no one has better, done a better job of plunging a very blunt object into its own chest and head than radio. Don't tell, you're crushing my dreams. I'm so sorry, but um, that's why, that's why I might've told you that, like that's why I do the podcast every day. So that if in like five to seven years, there is like 
two local on-air talents across the radio landscape in Toledo, at least there will be the podcast. And I hope there's a podcast. It'll be a component of what I'm doing. And that might be the only way for people to get some local content that's yeah. a little informative, um, definitely slanted in, in one way and opinionated, but also fun too, because there might not be any morning shows or, or on-air hosts anymore. No, that's true. And I sometimes I think about starting a podcast, but I feel like on my days off, I just like to disconnect yeah. from the media world. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for my future. No, but it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. the, the Pericone cast? Per- Pericone. Pericone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I hate correcting people. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, what is, I've been, I was excited when this, um, thought hit my head earlier. What's one story? Like we all doing what we do have that tweet or that picture, or that Facebook post. And we're like, damn it. What? Like that was going to be a home run and it didn't work. Have you had a story like that where you were like, I'm a, I, you couldn't stop working on it. It was a big deal. You thought it would be a big deal. And then it just kind of flopped. And I'm not saying that it wasn't a good a good story, but it just didn't hit at the right time or something. Hmm. I feel like I've had that with happy stories I've done where I'm like, oh, this will be a great story. And people will be so excited to have like a happy, a happy story on the news and all of the darkness and stuff sad things that are happening in the world. I feel like people will be excited for this and it never does as well as I think they will. But with the serious stories, I think I've been able to cover a lot of like big local things that have happened. So I feel like I haven't had any serious local stories where that's happened, but with more so happy like timeline refresher stories, I feel like I've had flops there and I'm like, oh, people don't want to see the happy stuff, I guess. But I mean, it doesn't bother me too much. I, I wish people, like, okay, I did a recent story. Um, it was an exclusive to NBC24 where I followed or I shadowed a Special Olympian at her practice recently. She's going to the Special Olympics next summer, and I was so excited that we were the only station to have her first practice and, you know, her journey there, and it didn't do so well, but... I was just happy to give it airtime, and I thought, again, it would be a good timeline refresher, but I guess the others did not think that. (laughs) What do you mean by timeline refresher? Like, you know, on our Twitter timelines, we see, like, sad news all the time. I feel like there's a lot Ah, of serious stuff, and this is kind of like a, oh, that's nice to see in this world of darkness, a happy story. We call it a palate cleanser. Ah, yes. But I thought you meant, like, something to get somebody back to your content like we talk about sometimes like thumb stopping content hmm. so that you so that your thumb stops scrolling and you yeah. read or look at that, that that picture or story yeah i thought people would have that with this one but this story i did about the special olympian but i i guess people weren't thumb stopping it, it's wild like I, I granted, I work with pop culture radio stations, but it's pretty much across the board. Like if you post something, if you do something like food oriented, junk food oriented on social or wherever, the store, the thing always takes off. Yeah. And I feel like with a lot, so I try to make my public platforms as personal as possible, like, cause you want to relate to the viewer. And I feel like people enjoy that stuff more than like maybe my online news teases or like um, 
any of my stories. I feel like people like to see us news personalities more so as people. And I feel like for me, at least what I've noticed on my social medias, that will get people to stop more than me sharing a different story every night, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, being completely authentic and being who yeah. you are. People um, like that. We, I mean, that's the win these days. And I remember when I was trying to figure out which direction I was going to go in radio. Cause there was like, there's two, two versions of Howard Stern, the bombastic over the top character type, but he was also very authentic. And, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to go the authentic route because I wasn't that entertaining. And thankfully it's, it's, it's worked out for me because we truly do now live in a world in, of authenticity. Um, I did a zoom a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago with TSA students. And I was like, how many of you listen to the radio? And nobody like, like how, but after we chatted, they were going to tune in and it might only be for like two seconds or whatever. But now that we've made that intimate, authentic connection, they're a little bit more interested. Yeah, no, for sure. And I feel like that's something that definitely drew me to your podcast is like, oh, I guess I I know him in a way like I definitely want to listen. It's local and I want to support him and I feel like I'm connected with you. So I feel like that definitely pulled me into your podcast. One of the reasons. What were the other reasons? It's local content. (laughs) No commercials and lots of cursing on occasion. That too. And I remember one episode, this will always stick with me. Uh, You guys were talking about how like things you won't do anymore after the pandemic or something. And it was buffets. How buffets are gross now. And now, because I heard that, well, ever since I heard that on your podcast, I really thought about buffets and now I will avoid them at all costs. Yeah. I I mean, I thought I was going to survive pan- the pandemic and clearly I have because I would eat at buffets and I've seen some nasty stuff. That's That, that, that transparent sneeze guard wasn't stopping Al and his mucus from reaching under and getting yeah. that slice of pizza. Oh, I would at Chipotle if you're ever going. I don't even know if I'll go back to Chipotle because people will point over the glass uh, to what they want. And now like their fingernail debris is falling uh, into the chorizo. And I'm not going to eat that. Um, You have not that I've seen and I see a lot. Um, <laughs> you have not had any smackdowns with um, with listeners or viewers on or on, on Twitter. And I'm sure you've gotten your handful of idiots like probably 104 percent of them middle-aged white men or young idiot dudes um you've probably gotten a lot right yeah i just don't respond i look at it and it makes me really angry and i call my parents and i complain to them and i just say people are so awful why do i do this people don't like me and then five minutes later it doesn't matter like these people are hidden behind a computer screen if i don't look it won't affect me so i I try not to look anymore but what's the point in me engaging so i can have five seconds of feeling like i won you're and and this is what makes you so polished and experienced i've found when it comes to this stuff and i've dealt with a lot of a lot just ignore it because yeah if you get a W over them, if you're able to dunk on them and get a thousand retweets, it feels nice, but it's very short lived. Rather than knowing they kept tweeting at you and eventually they just deleted their account because you ignored them. Like I found ignoring these people who have no cachet is the best way to go about it. And and I also applaud you. Like I don't I know that that some female reporters or women online, um, like to engage or like to will retweet and say like don't be like this and here's why 
But that doesn't stop anybody from doing it. So I found like ignoring right. is always the best and best men, best practice, best mental health practice as well. Right. And honestly, after like, if I did clap back, I guess, at someone, <laughs> quote unquote clap back. I don't know. I think that's what the kids are saying these days. But you if are I, a kid. I know, but I don't, I don't want to be, <laughs> but I also don't want to be an adult. I don't know. But, um, I, I found that if I do respond to anyone, I feel bad after and I'm like, well, maybe they're just having a bad day. Like, I don't want to make their day worse, you know? Good way to go I, about it. I, I feel like I would regret saying anything mean. Um, so I just, I don't read anything. And if I do, I just let my parents know how angry it makes me. And then I just go about my day. If I were super famous, I would never read the mentions. Never, 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 never. And obviously, oh, and you know this, the worst people on the internet are the people that, con- and you, you listen to the podcast, you know this. I'm just repeating it for everybody else. The worst people on the internet are the people that comment on your news site's Facebook page. And something I I love that you always share, like you'll share an article from one of the three news stations and you'll say, don't read the comments. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, well, then I usually go and read the comments. And then I know, but even if it's on like a different news station, when you say don't read the comments on like another channel station, I'll go read it. And I get angry for like the competitor. I'm like, don't say these mean things, even though they're my competitor. I'm like, why are people like this? They're awful. They're awful. Um, and it's every news station, whether yeah. it's Fox 5 in Vegas or Fox 22 in Boise, they're all awful. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's sad, but you just, you can't read the comments. And I, I, I don't read the comments on my own stories. I need to stop doing it on like other news station stories too, because I get angry either way. Yeah. I need to, I needed to check on K100's Facebook page the other day for something. They're our sister station and they mm-hmm. posted the Simone Biles story and I was like, I wouldn't have posted that. I don't know who put it up, but I decided to dig into the comments and it it was ugly. There was one, there was one dude that said something like, I can't wait for, and I'm paraphrasing, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over so we can stop talking about mental health. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Like even NBC 24 shared a Simone Biles post and I happened to be scrolling through my Facebook feed and someone commented, what a failure she is. And I like, I called my dad and I was like, how dare people say this about her? And then it's like the smallest things just, I guess, get to me apparently, but I have to not let them. I have to stop reading the comments. Yeah. Um, Let's do some superlatives. Your favorite place to eat in the area. Oh, can I say two? Yeah. Okay. Souk downtown, love Souk. And then element 112. I've never been. What do you like there? So it's like a French restaurant. Um, They have really good chicken. And um, I feel like I haven't been in a long time. Um, I need to go back. Um, Their chicken's great. Their carrots are wonderful. It's just all around. It's so good. They have a really good gnocchi. Oh, what do you want? What's your thing to do on the weekends or your place to hang out? Um. To be honest, the pool at my apartment, that's okay. the place I hang out or downtown. Again, I'm, I go to Souk a lot, so I'm usually down there. Um, I think downtown Toledo is about to boom and I'm very sad I'm going to be gone for it. It's pretty booming now. I yeah. I live there um, from when I got here in 13 till the end of 19 and it's amazing to have watched everything. And now it's uh, it's a Gen Z playground for the most part. I feel yeah. out of touch when I'm there, when I go back downtown. 
Yeah. Um, I also love downtown Perrysburg. I think it's so cute, like straight out of a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Um, so usually um, either downtown or downtown Perrysburg. Um, what's your favorite typical Toledo thing to do? Like Paco's, Art Museum, Metro Parks, Mud Hens, something like that. Metro Parks, for sure. I think we have great Metro Parks. When I first moved here and I didn't really know anyone, I would, on my two days off, I would go just walk around the Metro Parks and they're so beautiful. That's definitely something I will miss. Many which, things I'll miss about Toledo, but. Which ones do you like the, which ones do you like the most or go to the most? Side cut. I love side cut. Um, okay. I think just because I know the trail really well and I feel safe. Not that I feel unsafe at the others, but you know, as a woman who would walk alone, I just felt like I knew my way around that one the most. And I like Wildwood a lot as well. Okay. Um, what's something that you, you will be critical of Toledo about? Ooh. <laughs> um, like something like you've learned as doing your job. You're like, this just isn't getting better. This is going to be maybe controversial, but the driving, I don't think people here drive very well. Sophia, let me tell you something. People, any people everywhere cannot drive well. I have you ever driven in California? I have not. Why do they drive go. better there? I think so. Um, okay. I can take that. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else did I want to add? Where have, where have you spent the most money other than like your rent um, here in the area? Oh, gosh. Um, Swig. They okay. have these fried cheese curds that I dream about. I love those. <laughs> um. Let's move on to talk real controversy now. And oh. I could tell you, t- you totally had like NBC 24-itis or whatever you want to call it, senioritis, when you started posting all your hot food takes in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, this girl is ready to stir shit up. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, you did, you did peanut butter, you did pizza, so let's go there. Let's talk peanut butter. What? <laughs> and I think we agree, crunchy smoothie. Uh, crunchy Crun- smooth, sorry. Crunchy However, I'm, listen, I don't, I do prefer crunchy. However, I love peanut butter. So if smooth is the only option, great. But I do like crunchy peanut butter a little bit more. Do you have a favorite brand? Uh, Skippy, because growing up, I was not allowed to eat like good peanut butter. It was always like the healthy, just peanuts peanut butter. So now that I live on my own, I can eat Skippy peanut butter whenever I want, and my mom won't tell me no. Okay. So Skippy. Where do you do, uh, where have you done most of your food shopping? Kroger. Okay. You have, uh, I Is don't that know. the wrong answer? No, 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 it's not. Not at all, not at all. But all the Krogers are different. Um, like, I went to the Glendale Kroger a couple of weeks ago, which I used to go to a lot. I'm like, I'm glad I don't go here anymore. It's the Walmart of Krogers. Sorry, Kroger, but it's true. <laughs> I, and that's how I feel about Targets as well. Like, I will only ever go to the same Target. I I think, I, I mean, same with Kroger. I'll only go to the same Kroger because I just feel so out of place. And, like, I feel like I know, I don't know the people that work there, but I feel like I know them. Right. Where I'm like, these are, this is, these are my people. Um, did you do a pineapple on pizza tweet a couple of weeks ago, too? Yes, I did. Um, I, I, I recall, or I don't recall which direction you leaned in, but I did see Brian chime in. So where are you with that nonsense? So 
I try to not make it known which way I'm swaying. However, Brian always goes the opposite way. So he makes it known which way I'm swaying. And um, I prefer pineapple on pizza. Okay. He's an argumentative Philadelphian, so... Yes. And so that's how these polls started is because (laughs) we were in the newsroom talking about whatever and... Now, every time him and I like bring up some sort of food, I'm like, we're taking it to Twitter. What what other controversial ones have you thrown out there? Those are the two that stood out to me. Um, Let's see. Peanut butter, pineapple. I want to say there was one more, but I don't remember. Um, Kind of like favorite like flavors. He likes banana flavor, like artificial flavors. I think grape is the best artificial flavor, but he does not think so. What is a a disgusting food combination that you either like and people raise an eyebrow or that you think is absolutely disgusting? So one I like that definitely raises an eyebrow is pineapple on pizza because I don't think very many people like that. Um, But something that just grosses me out, like shrimp, it's not even a combination. I will just tell you shrimp is not, shrimp is not good. I don't care what anyone says. It's a texture thing. Um, I would always go, my go-to would always be, uh, there was a kid that I sat next to in lunch in elementary school and he, he enjoyed it, cream cheese and jelly, which was nasty. I feel like I've done that before, but I would not do it again. And cottage cheese, the texture of cottage cheese. No, I used to eat cottage cheese a lot as a child, but now, then I grew up and now I look, no, no, no. There was... One more question I had, but I can't think of what it was. So we can wrap up. This was great. I'm I'm going to miss you. You uh, you are polished and experienced, well beyond the market size of Toledo. And I will miss you and all the hard work and great stories that you've done here. I'll still follow you on Twitter. Um, Thank you. I'm so happy you want to unfollow me. Once I, that's so no, nice. No, no, no. I, I, I like. I like. I, I think I. I think I unfollowed Rachel, but um, I didn't have the rapport with Rachel. So, oh, I remember. Besides Rachel, who are some of your your, your your peoples from the other stations that you like, that you formed a relationship or just a professional bond with? From other stations? Yeah. Um, Kaylee Kirby from Channel 11. She's so nice. Actually, she's from Vegas, so she's been very helpful with the adjustment and just you know letting me know that whatever she's out there, she will definitely reach out. I think Kaylee's awesome. Um, from Channel 13, I don't know. I feel like... A lot of their reporters are more veteran reporters, so not really on the same age level where I can connect. But I think Sean is a fabulous reporter. Always have a great time when I see him out there. Um, And that's something else I really like about Toledo that I'm scared I'm not going to have at in Vegas is how well everyone gets along out in the field. Um, Everyone is just so nice here and the other stations have been so welcoming as well. I, I hope you're surprised because it used to be in, in radio 20 years ago, it used to be so cutthroat. There were, there were, uh, one that stands out to me. There was two competing top 40 radio stations. One night DJ ordered a pizza for the other one, but before it was sent over there, he peed on it. <gasps> no. Yes. That's awful. Yeah. Um, but those days are gone because we're all in the same shitty sinking boat together. So we treat each other with uh, with lots of respect. And yeah. uh, you missed the days of when um, the old morning show, when Sarah was on the radio every day, hanging Sean's dirty sex laundry out on the air for everyone to enjoy. 
Oh, is that his wife? I don't know him like that. Yes. I just always think it's <clears throat> nice to see him out in the field because he's so nice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's that's the way that was. But Sean's wow. great. He's great at what he does. Um, and I don't disagree with you with the 13 stuff. They have some younger people, but I don't know if they... Like, my relationships with news people, it's more with the TOL people and mm-hmm. you because <clears throat> and Brian. There's just not a lot of people over at NBC. Right. Um... But the and it's because they're most active on on platforms where I'm at. So I don't know if they have the same digital push that they have at 13 that some of you guys have. Yeah, it seems like um, Channel 11. I don't. I think Tegna owns them. They seem very digital savvy and like really on it, which is really cool to see. And I feel like everyone can kind of learn from their digital push. I think they do a wonderful job. But. Yeah, I feel like I just don't know 13's reporters as well because I think they're hiring a lot of new people from what it seems, and I'm obviously gone, so it's... Right. Yeah, there's a lot of unfamiliar faces over there now, but even before this, um, like, I... Even, like, before Jeff left and um, and Sasha, like, the the most active over there is the one that I'm closest with, Tony. Yeah. Oh, he's so nice, too. I've only met him a couple times, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm just so thankful that everyone here has been so nice because there's nothing worse than going out and you're doing like a group interview and there's always someone that's like not that nice. But it's so nice when if I'm pulling up to an interview, a reporter at another station will be like, hey, jump in on this interview with me. And it's I'm really going to miss that. Do you uh, you have have you made any connections or friends over with the uh, the Blade people? Um, Not so much. I have met um, Sarah a couple times. She's Sarah, Oh, I have a question. Sarah uh, Elms, right? Yeah, yes, she's so nice. I saw her the other day and she congratulated me and I, you know, that she didn't have to do that. It was she just seems so nice. How do you feel about candy corn? I like candy corn. Good. Oh, <laughs> only when it's Halloween time though. Sarah and I we're we're big team candy corn people. That's how we forged our relationship. How do you feel about eggnog? I'm Jewish, so I don't get into the, a lot of that <laughs> stuff. Um my my dad Jewish loves that stuff. I yeah, I think it's great. But if you present it to me any time other than Christmas time, ugh, it's like cottage cheese to me. Uh, Sarah's good people, and yeah, they 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 do. Like, oh, and, Amy, Amy at the Blade. Who's Amy? What's Amy Voight. Voight. She, she photographer. Yes, okay. she truly. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot to even mention her. She is just the kindest person ever. Every time I see her out, I I just feel at home. Like she is just the sweetest person. You should reach out. She's great. Great photographer. I follow her. Like I just don't engage with some of the photogs like uh yeah. like some of the reporters that I normally do. But I And I, I don't know if she's as active on like Twitter or Facebook. I just see her out a lot. I uh, I love the blade and I feel like in some way, shape, or form, it's either going to collapse on itself or people will just say, screw the blocks and whatever else, and we're going to lose. No offense to you. It, you're targeting different people than the Blade, yeah. but we're going to lose the best source of journalism. Oh, yeah. Um, like, if you and Sarah are doing the same story, you got to do your, what, like 90-second news hit and write like a 250-word story. She's going to write like a 900-word yeah. story. That gets, it's just it's just different products, yeah. but the same story. And if they go away, like, we're fucked. Like, I have thought about that a lot, and it makes me really sad to see what's happening to them. I mean, I I don't even have words because it's it's like we really do need newspapers, and The Blade has been just phenomenal, and reading their stories is just 
again, they, they have a different audience. So I feel like it's okay to say this because they're not really a competitor, but their stories are so great and they can really go more in depth than news stations usually can. So I, if, I mean, if people can just subscribe to them, it would, I feel like it would help them a little bit. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, with the blocks, you don't want to, I don't know. It's just, uh, I always, it's sad. I tell people when I, when, the issue arises like su- support the writers and the journalists, but you don't yeah. have to, and, and their work, but maybe not necessarily management, but that that's very hard to get people to understand. And from their perspective, like I always used to like question, you know, you know, Jay, who's now at TOL. Yes. Um, I think he had, he had a challenging job of trying to thread the needle being so pro union and being the union VP of getting people to re- getting the average person to understand that he hates his bosses, but please still read his work. I don't know if the average person yeah. can understand that. It's a tough needle to thread. And I feel like um, without getting too into detail with this, um, I hope people see that with like local news stations as well. Um, I feel like uh, the local the local content should be t- separated from what some stations have to run. Yeah. If, if, if I you know what I'm saying. I do. And I think I had this discussion, maybe I had this chat with Sean years ago, but if I were, and this is never going to happen because these companies are not, they're owned by Tegna and Sinclair. They're big national companies. And Gray, yeah. it's not owned by Tony Pacos or right. Monette's. But if it were me, so there are must-run things, and the news, you know, when you turn on the news, there's been local, regional, national weather and sports for all of news' history, but I would do, like, 80% local news, and I don't know what, um, what the ratio is for all of you guys, but, I mean, there are obviously some must-run national stories, but the way that they're going to continue to exist is more and more local. And I get it. Sometimes it's not there, but you have to make it be there. You just got to keep digging. Right. I totally agree. And uh, I would, I don't know if news is moving in that direction where, did I say muse? I don't know if, (laughs) I don't know if news is moving in that direction where it will become more local or if it's moving in the opposite direction. But I agree. I think, you know, a local newscast should be that. A majority of it should be local. It's not. For the same reason that radio stations have not evolved or been more competitive to in allowing Pandora and Spotify to rise, because they're corporate monoliths and Goliaths, and they and and they do what they've always done, and I get it. You know, they're bound to investors, and I understand that you've got to make money, but maybe some of the strategies um, are not the best to make that money. Because, like in the same way, I have a friend who works in Philadelphia, and I want to have like a he was kind of like my intern, kind of like a protege. Um, we have a great friendship and he's he's doing like the same bits <clears throat> that we did 15 years ago. Like this stuff you were talking about, the light fluffy stuff. Um, and like, or talking about Britney Spears and Free Britney. It's like anybody can do that. But like if you're on the air in Philadelphia and they do this, but like wherever you are, be hyper local because yeah. somebody... Like if I'm doing the NBC 24 newscast, if I could change everything for or do my own, you know, news thing, it'd be all local unless there was like some massive national news calamity. Because guess what? The news that comes on after us is going to tell you all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I and it makes me sad, but and I hope this never happens. But the day that we lose local news, radio shows, the blade, you know, any local news station, people won't realize how 
bad that is until it happens. You know, like right now people yeah. aren't thinking we need local news. Maybe some people are, I hope, but people, I would say the majority of people won't realize how bad we do need local news until it's gone. I don't, I don't think that corporations and government are as bad as some people make them out to be. Um, and to keep this discussion point simple, um, if you lose local news, there's no one to hold those people accountable. And then things will get as bad as you actually believe they are now. Right. Yeah. No, it's it'll be a domino effect. And the only thing left will be Jaden. Who's doing a great job, but I, I hope he's also <laughs> having a childhood. <laughs> I think this is his child. He loves what he does. He loves yeah, what he does. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, no, he's great. Um, do you, we'll wrap up. Do you, do you have any questions, like pressing questions about me or radio or the podcast as a from the other side we don't have to you know spend another 15 minutes but if you have any questions i'm happy to answer i would love to know how you got into radio and again i would love to talk more about radio because i i think you know it's something like i i don't love being on camera but i think you know radio seems great and fun and you don't have to be on camera so i would love to know how you got into radio and we have more like People always ask me, do you want to do like TV? I'm like, no. Well, no, because one, I'm not as attractive as the people that are on TV now are. There are no ugly people on TV. Maybe Brian a little bit, but that's because he's, <laughs> he's from where I am. Um, and I never wanted to do news because you guys have to deliver the news. Like, you don't have the latitude that we have. Um, how did I get started? So, yeah. I always had a fascination with radio. I remember um, I would take off a school or get sick <clears throat> not to watch the prices right but to stay home and listen to the radio to find out about like the game last night or march madness and do picks <clears throat> excuse me my cold is catching up with me at least it's uh, not covid i saw it was i negative. know that's I good know. And congrats I had, some, I had some covid symptoms too Ooh. um i always love radio my dad got me a tour of the sports talk station i used to listen to when i was a kid and uh, I went away to college to go to, I went to Towson. Broadcasting is what I majored in for the semester I was there. I came home and went to Temple and continued with broadcasting. And um, back in the AOL days, I had in my profile, like I love listening to Q102. Somebody that worked there messaged me and today, thanks for listening. Um, I remembered that and I was like, hey, I'm in, you know, going for broadcasting. <clears throat> I'd like to get involved. And then I was an intern and this was before you had to fill out paperwork and stuff. And um, I stopped going, this was 98. I stopped going to class in the fall of 98. Yeah. And uh, I got my grades and they were all zeros. My dad's like, great, you have six months to make this radio thing work. And in six months, I moved out to Detroit. And um, it wasn't full time, but uh, I live with my friend who is my mentor. He's now the uh, the morning anchor on Fox 2 in Detroit, Jay Towers. And uh, I live with him. He, I was able to get some club gigs and DJ gigs to supplement the, the crappy pay. And then I just started moving all over the place. And it's the only job I've had in my entire life. And I'm going to ask you what you ask me. What's your backup plan? Oh, fuck. I don't have one. <laughs> My backup plan is to fall into the arms of Toledo. Um, <clears throat> in the same way when the old morning show went away, people reached out to me and they thanked me for talking about mental health stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of people did. And I was like, okay, I need to stay here because I made an impact in this community. And whether it's in radio or media or I find another way to continue making an impact, I have to stay here because I didn't want to go somewhere else 
put in three or four years, and then more cuts come down and then have to restart again. So I was staying here regardless. Yeah. And wow. <clears throat> what's your what's your favorite restaurant in Toledo? I I love talking about food. Everyone at work makes fun of me for it, but I really am curious to know your favorite restaurant. When I lived downtown, my favorite spot um, was Registry. Oh, yeah, I've been there once. Great food, uh, five-star food, four-star prices. You can get an entree for under 30 bucks. Um, it was my, I, I, coming from big cities, I always liked not like uh, gastro pubs. I liked like chic places, high ceilings, quiet. Mm-hmm. And that was always registry. I'd hang out at the bar. Um, food. My pizza place, you know, there's Mama Mary's and... Oh, I need to go there. Stubborn Brother for East Coast Pizza. And I've become very fond of Bar's Public House now that I live yes. out by that way. Yeah. I like Bar's a lot, too. That's a good one. Yeah. So, those are my... There's still plenty of places I haven't been to, like J&G's or Element... Um, I've never been to the old Mancy's. I have uh, never been <clears throat> to any of the Mancy's, and I'm kind of kicking myself for it. Stubborn Brother is a Mancy's. Have you been there? Have not. Okay. Actually, I went to, um, this is a Mancy's restaurant. Is it Shorty's? Yeah. Uh, is that Mancy's? It's one of their barbecue restaurants. They have one, and okay. it was that one, but pretty good mac and cheese. Do you like chunk- chicken chunks? I do. I really do. But aren't they just chicken nuggets? Kind of. Well, yeah, they're not, I mean, if you get them breaded. I, we're not owning chicken chunks like we should be here because I didn't know, I didn't ever, I never heard of chicken chunks till I got here. Oh, same. Yeah. So, um, thank you for all the time. Thank you for thank all you. the hard work that you've, uh, you've done here in the community and sharing stories. And I will continue to watch you from afar and be very jealous in, well, probably November through these days, mid-May. Right. Well, thank you. You've always been so nice to me. And I think as someone that came here very unfamiliar with Toledo, I think you have always made me feel more comfortable in being in Toledo, just knowing that there was a nice person there. I mean, everyone here is nice, but knowing that, you know, you were a nice person to speak to and, you know, for your, your advocacy for mental health awareness, I think I've always been watching that from afar. And I think we definitely need that. So please don't stop doing that. Um, so thank you. I'm, I'm happy we were able to make this work. It's, uh, I only did it cause you're really good. Like if you sucked, I, I might not come up to you as much. And, and look, I mean, there are some people who's not very good and they're going to get better. Um, yeah. but I, I, when you showed up, I was like, and I, and I saw again that you just got your first job out of college. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, why did, why did this girl come from reporting in New York to do it in Toledo? Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, that's one last question. Yes. At least in this line of work, like, do you want to sit at a desk? Do you want to keep reporting? What are your aspirations? Um, I, I think anchors have a wonderful job and I respect them because it's something I do not want to do, nor do I think I can do. I have I never came into this industry wanting to anchor. I would love to report forever just because I I like going out every single day and not to say anchors can't do that and that they don't do that, but primarily it is the reporters going out. And I and I love that. Um anchors again are great. They carry the show. Obviously they're the anchors. Um but that's not anything I ever want to do. Really, really, uh, the, the last question this time. Da- uh, listen, you're you're helping me procrastinate packing, so I, uh, I have all day. <laughs> packing sucks. Um, yeah. 
Who is who is uh, who is your favorite non NBC twenty four anchor? Like, non-NBC24. Not, I don't, I don't think you have a, a friendship or a relationship with me, but like you look at them and you're like, they kick ass. If they no longer work at that station, because I can, can I name that? Name sure. them. I think Tyler Paley. Oh, he was Tyler's a weekend anchor for Eleven. But even just his reporting, when he left, I messaged him. Honestly, anytime I saw him out there, I would fangirl a little bit because I think he is a phenomenal reporter and anchor, and I hope he stays in this industry because he is just incredible. He is what we call, or I call bulldog. Mm-hmm. Um, if I did something shady and I saw Tyler Paley getting out of a WTOL vehicle, I'd think, oh, fuck, tell him we're not talking. <laughs> no, Tyler is a hard ass. Um, yeah, he's awesome. I saw him, <clears throat> I flipped him on, or I guess he was filling in. I'm like, the fuck is this 60 minutes guy telling stories like this like his style was different yeah. from everybody and it's because he wants to go he wants to go stick a microphone in randy osher's face and go why are your medical bills so goddamn high yeah he's great and that's someone i wish i could have become like better friends with over the past two years but we were on opposite schedules he was nightside but he anytime Bree or i would watch one of his stories we would just be like, okay, how did he do this? Like, even his editing is just incredible. And maybe they have some tools over at Tegna that we don't have, but he is truly, like, we're the same age, and I'm like, I look up to him. Like, he's a role model. I think he's phenomenal. He is. I, I never met him until this opening day, and we were never really that close, because, like, he's intimidating. Like, I don't want Tyler Paley sniffing around in my skeletons. Oh, uh, totally. I, even uh, I'm intimidated by him, but, like... <laughs> In a more so way where I'm like, oh my gosh, I respect this guy so much. Like, I'm scared to even say hi. Literally we, a fangirl. We met at this opening day and I, I I did that a little bit. And then I messaged him, you know, to, to follow up. I was like, I wouldn't have been as scared if I didn't, if I knew that you weren't that tall. <laughs> and he's so nice. I didn't, yeah. I, I think I did like a snow story where we both interviewed ODOT together and I was like afraid. I'm like, what if he doesn't like the questions I ask? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was so nervous, but he's so cool. And he really is someone like I wish I got to know more, but I'm so happy he's able to be, he's on the West Coast now and his he's with his fiance, which is great. And But I really hope he stays in this industry. No, I saw it just came back. Do you, do you, uh, she might've been gone or, do, do you know any of the, the Buckeye people? Um, I do not. Probably know like Jordan and Allie. They do um, like Trendy in Toledo. Okay. I haven't met, I I haven't met anyone from okay. Buckeye. All right. Never mind. Because they had a girl, her name is Danny Rogers. Oh, we follow each other on social media. She's reporting for the Lions now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, awesome. She, I met her a couple of Jeep Fests ago and I, I slobbered over her talent the same way I did with you. I'm like, you are way too be good to be doing this. And she was very thankful. And she she is great. Like she obviously she's super attractive, but she's great at what she does. Um and we just connected a little bit on Twitter and then I saw that she had gone to Arizona and I saw some some mysterious or foreshadowing tweet the other day. And I was so happy to see that she got to come back uh to to the home area and work for the Lions. That's a great job. Yeah. I don't know anything about sports at all. Like when I came here, I was like, do not put me on sports stories, but I'm guessing reporting for the Lions is awesome, and that that's really cool. Brian's probably very happy to get all the sports stories, right? Oh, yeah. He can have all of them. <laughs> I, I I like giving him a hard time with his angry Philly fan tweets. I'm like, bro, like <laughs> you got to shake this at some point, but good for him for you know never letting that out of, out of his blood. 
Yeah, no, he's, he wanted to be a sports reporter, but um, I actually helped connect him with this job. And I tell him all the time, like, you got this job because of me. Just joke. I mean, obviously he's great and he has great energy. I say it to him as a joke, but I did um, pass his reel along to my news director. And he wanted to be a sports reporter, but he is awesome in the fact that he's like, I know I would have to break into news first. So I think he's a great reporter. I think he'll be an even better sports reporter because he has that passion and he has great energy when he's talking about sports. How did you you initially come across him? Facebook. Um, We had the job opening and um, I was like, why not help? you know, the company finds someone and I posted in like a Facebook group for people looking for reporting jobs. And he had messaged me and it went to my request inbox on Facebook. And then three months later I saw it and I was like, Hey, are you still interested? And he was, and it worked out perfectly. I'm all for bringing more Philadelphia people here. Yeah. Isn't Sean from Philadelphia? He is. Yeah. Sean, Sean and I grew up, uh, he grew up like write down what would be like the trail from me um, okay. back home in Philadelphia. So, oh, wow. And, but he doesn't have, he lost his accent, like mostly like I did, as opposed to Brian, that sounds yeah. like he was just sucking on a soft pretzel and water ice 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you don't have an accent, but we make fun of Brian's accent all the time. It's, it's so great. I had never met anyone with a Philly accent. Obviously you have, you lost yours. So when I heard his for the first time, I just, oh, it killed me. His O's are really long, right? Like, yo, or hello. He literally says yo, just like that. Every single day he comes in to my little workspace and he says it just like that. Yeah. Yo, you just want to go down the shortest weekend? We'll, uh, we'll go. That, that's where wood. he is right now. That's where he is right now. Of course he is. <laughs> when I go home to Philadelphia, right. I literally cannot understand people when I'm going out and shopping and eating. And you know what? When I say I'd like a glass of water, they can't understand me either. But <sighs> the way he says our anchor's name as well, our anchor's name is Aaron. He goes, Aaron. Aaron. I, I can't even do it. It's just. It cracks me up. <laughs> well, my legal name is spelled A-R-I-C. And yeah, you told me that. It's pronounced Eric. And that really Wait, confuses Midwest people. That's confusing to me. It's pronoun- It sounds like it's pronounced Eric. Eric. It, it's a... Eric. Yeah, close enough. That's why, And yeah. this is why it got changed to an E when I got into radio. So is it legally changed? No, 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 no. Okay, no. okay. No. No, okay, that's, so that's, that's why I blocked out the part in my, uh, in my COVID test because it has my legal name oh, on it. Oh. <laughs> so, all right, we're done because I do okay. have to do some work. Sorry. You have to pay. No, no, nah, no, no. I don't have we, to we, it's, we, You've been here too long for us to not connect like this. And uh, I, I love you dearly and you're going to do great. And I look forward to whenever we cross paths again. Thank you so much. Again, thank you for being so kind always. And please keep in touch. And if you are ever in Vegas... Let me know, please. I will never be in Vegas. Way that's what, too busy that's for this introvert. That's what everyone says. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, August 5th, I can post this or after August 5th? August 5th is the soonest. Yeah, anytime after August 4th. August 4th is my last day. I am free of a contract. Okay. All right. If I don't, I will talk to you before then, but safe travels. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that we got to do this. I really am. And yeah. thank you for even giving me this opportunity. Of course, you're awesome. I don't feel worthy to be on this oh, platform. Please. I really appreciate it. Stop. <laughs> even stop. like with this, I'm like fangirling a bit because I listen to the podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on this podcast now. Oh, stop. This is little like this hundred epi- this hundred listener podcast or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So. Stop. All right. All well, right, take care. Thank I'll- you so much. I'll see you on Twitter. See you. Bye. Bye.